Lord be with you. And also with you. The Word became flesh and dwells among us. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to God's people on earth. Where the dawn of the east meets the twilight of the west, and the cool of the north touches the calm of the south, and the transcendent power of love touches earth in the humility of Christ here, where the head of the Charles reaches out to the heart of the country, we gather for ordered worship to illumine the imagination by the beauty of God, to quicken the conscience by the holiness of God, to warm the heart by the love of God, to devote the will to the purposes of God. We are gathered in liturgy and music for our present congregation at Marsh Chapel, for our New England radio congregation through WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe at WBUR.org. We invite your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your decisions, self-selections of forms of ministry in our midst, and as the Spirit moves, come Sunday, your presence with us in worship. On this day, we sing the carols of faith to celebrate the nativity of Jesus Christ. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
one God, now and forever. Amen. Lesson from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 63, verses 7 through 9. I will recount the gracious deeds of the Lord, the praiseworthy acts of the Lord, because of all that the Lord has done for us, and the great favor to the house of Israel that he has shown them according to his mercy, according to the abundance of his steadfast love. For he said, Surely they are my people, children who will not deal falsely. And he became their savior in all their distress. T'was no messenger or angel, but his presence that saved them. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. The word of the Lord. Thanks. Thanks.
Let us pray responsively Psalm 148 with the antiphon. and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and frost, stormy wind fulfilling God's command, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and women alike, old and young together. Let them praise the name of the Lord, whose name alone is exalted, whose glory is above earth and heaven. God has raised up a horn for his people, praise for all his faithful, for the people of Israel who are near their God. Praise the Lord. Now, beloved, rise up, in body as you are able, but certainly in heart, for the singing of the Gloria Deo, the reading of the Gospel, and the singing of our hymn. Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew chapter 2 verses 13 through 23. Glory to you, O Lord. Now after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt, and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, Out of Egypt I have called my son. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated, and he sent and killed all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old or under according to the time that he had learned from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they are no more. 
When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who were seeking the child's life are dead. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he had heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And after being warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. There he made his home in a town called Nazareth, so that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled, he will be called a Nazarene. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. nativity, God makes space for forgiveness. The Christmas peace is a peace of pardon, grace, and forgiveness. Our lesson from Holy Scripture emphasizes two basic Christmas teachings. The first is the reminder of life as a journey and of faith as spiritual itinerancy. Joseph dispatches the Magi, who themselves go home by another way, and then flees for a time to Egypt, only later to return to Nazareth. The birth of Jesus occasions a journey of faith. The second reminder to us is of the God who keeps God's promises. Three separate events are said to transpire, flight to Egypt, slaughter of children, return to Nazareth, all in fulfillment of prophecy. While Hosea spoke of Israel, Matthew claims his words for Jesus. While Jeremiah spoke of exile to Babylon, Matthew claims his words for Herod. And while Isaiah speaks of a messianic king, Matthew claims his words for the son of Mary. The birth of Jesus marks the protection of divine promise. We may want to pause just for a moment to reflect upon the glad tidings of great joy. To do so, we shall need to clear away the straw and brush of some seasonal stress. As the pastor responded when asked by his civic club to speak about the miracle of Christmas and the mystery of nativity, he replied, why certainly it would be my pressure, ah, I mean my pleasure. There is much pleasure coming to this nativity, but there is pressure as well. 
you may consider the strange chaos of this season for a moment of limited peace this morning. You may wonder about the stress of the holidays. Why so stressful? Their mixture of high expectation and low experience, their year-end blizzard of financial and social obligations, their sudden reconfluence of families and generations, their odd rhythms and paces, the rude manger, the flight to Egypt, whence the stress. Our ancient scriptures suggest another source of our anxiety at nativity, if we have such on this very day of peace. It is this, Christmas places us unmistakably before the presence of the holy, of all that is holy at nativity. The pressing of this moment, our stress, comes from our vague premonition of the divine, of our sense of the holy. It is an awesome and startling moment to find yourself in the presence of all that is holy. Joseph can tell us that as he races toward Egypt. Do you feel today the presence of the Holy One? The ancient Israelites would understand and would recall our need to love the Lord our God with all our heart and soul and mind and strength. The prophet Isaiah would understand and recite again his vision of the temple. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Heaven and earth are full of God's glory. The Virgin Mary would understand, singing as she does, my soul does magnify the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. The Apostle Paul would understand and record, it is the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. The evangelist John would understand as he taught, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Every mystic and part mystic from Dionysus the Areopagite to Amun of Nitria to St. Teresa of Avila to Howard Thurman would understand and would affirm the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And Rudolf Otto said it for his generation, speaking of the mysterium tremendum et fascinans, the sudden sense of presence, the presence of God. And you and me and we, to be alive at Christmas in life's journey and under the promises of God is to reckon with the holy, hence our stress. Before all that is holy, a question a question of soul inevitably arises, hence our stress. How am I living? Have I asked too little of myself or too much of myself? Or have I asked too much for myself or too little for myself? The awesome wonder of nativity provokes a mortal question. Have you asked enough of yourself? And have you asked enough for yourself? In the presence of all that is holy, we, we have the freedom to come clean this Christmas. Thou before whom no secrets are hidden, we pray. We pray, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of thy Holy Spirit. Some of us ask too much of ourselves. We work 80 hours when 60 hours would be, would be better, wrap 10 gifts when four would suffice, do 100% of our own relational work and 30% of everyone else's 
You ask too much of yourself. Some of us ask too little of ourselves. We pass through life unaware of the bruising our, nar our narcissism inflicts on others. We do not learn to pray in the morning or worship on Sunday, and we have not climbed the front step of faith, which is the joy of giving 10% of what we receive in return. We ask too little of ourselves. Some of us ask too much for ourselves. So we create a world that is full of challenge, a world of pervasive materialism, limited literacy, flat spirituality, inherited entitlement, shallow sexuality, Machiavellian leadership, computerized abuse, and disrespect for elders and tradition. We crowd the malls at 7 a.m. on the day after Christmas, hungry for a sacrament in consumption that merely consumes the consumer. We ask too much for ourselves. Some of us ask too little for ourselves. The Christmas vision of peace then grows dim. The reality of love then is blurred. The singing moments of joy are lost in the shuffle. We forget who we are meant to be. Are we lovers anymore? Sometimes we ask too little for ourselves. How will any of us ever get this balance right before all that is holy? You know, we won't, at least not fully. We will never get it quite right, not fully anyway. A person who lives in isolation, neither giving nor receiving, may ask too little for himself. A young woman struggling with issues of identity and behavior may ask too little for herself. A young man raised in a morally heightened atmosphere where expectations are very high may ask too much of himself. A man or woman at midlife who has enjoyed much, too much pleasantry may ask too little of himself. A man who has worked hard, but also was well-placed to begin in life, may ask too little of himself. It is the conscience, of course, at Nativity that places us, creation and conscience, before the holy. Nor is there even one among us who has fully balanced, rightly balanced, the question of what we ask of ourselves with what we ask for ourselves. Some of us this morning need to lean back and ask a little less of ourselves. Some of us this morning need to lean forward and ask a little more of ourselves. And while we do, while we engage the balance of the spirit, Perhaps we could remember and sing the good news of nativity. This news of glad tidings and great joy is a matter of full health and salvation for you and for me, and trusting this gospel with life, our life, your life, my life, is a matter of life and of death. For well, beloved, if there were no pardon or peace in the universe, then we would have to get everything exactly right the first time, or we would be doomed. If grace were like Newton's gravity and once you fell, you kept on falling without pardon or peace, we would be doomed. If grace were like Marx's history and moved with iron necessity toward inevitable results, we would be doomed. 
if there were never any forgiveness available before all that is holy, we would never be able to be at peace or to act with grace or to live any other than fear-ridden, guilt-obsessed, self-centered lives. That would be hell. What a life that would be. This is why John Wesley asked his one question. Do you know God to be a pardoning God? Not only do you hope, trust, believe, but do you know God to be a pardoning God who breaks the power of canceled sin, who sets the prisoner free? At Nativity, at Christmas, before the holy, we are set free from, well, here each one might fill in the blank, you name it that regret for that word unfitly spoken, that event not foreseen and not forestalled, that deed you wish you could revisit, that memory from an autumn morning or a midnight dream, they all engulf and threaten to overwhelm us unless nativity. Dearest friend, the holy child of Bethlehem is God's own pardon, God's own peace, God's own love to embrace you, whether you're leaning backward or leaning forward or both. As Howard Thurman, a sometime mystic, wrote, when the song of the angels is stilled and the star in the sky is gone and the kings and princes are home and the shepherds are back with their flocks, then the work of Christmas begins to find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among brothers, to make music in the heart. We should not let the beauty of Thurman's poetry obscure the wisdom of his theology. His great poem, which we have come to know by heart in this chapel, is about nativity first and morality second. The work here is God's work. The work of finding, healing, feeding, releasing, rebuilding, bringing peace, bringing music to the heart. This is the work of grace born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king. The work is work done in and through Jesus the Christ. Oh, we may help in what we say and what we do, in that about which we're silent and that we leave aside. We may help like at Christmas, the three-year-old helps his mother to set the table. He may drop the fork, he may break the cup, he may spill the water, but she is grateful for his help, and help he should, and help we should. But she it is who has the full meal in hand. The feast is prepared, the table is spread, a word of grace is said, kitchen and dining room and table are all prepared for you. Sursum corda, lift up your hearts, hear the gospel. You are forgiven, you are accepted, you are healed, you are loved. Mild he lays his glory by, born that we no more may die, born to raise us from the earth, born to give us second birth. Hark! The herald angels sing glory to the newborn king. Amen.
please be seated. As we are called to prayer through the singing of Lead Me, Lord, we invite you to pray as you are so moved to best support the prayers of this congregation. Please come and stand or kneel at the altar rail, lift your hands in your place, respond in your first language, however you are so moved. During the prayer, I will set the intention and will say, in your grace, if you would please respond, hear our prayer. Dearly beloved, let us pray together. created in your image are glad and grateful for your presence with us. Especially as we celebrate the joy of your nativity in your incarnation as Emmanuel, God with us. We are grateful also for your encouragement by your gifts and fruits in our lives, for your empowerment to grow in love and to choose the good. In your grace of invitation and inclusion, we pray for ourselves as individuals and for the communities of which we are a part, for our particular ministries in the world, for our ministry in and through Marsh Chapel and the Office of Religious Life, for the work of all the church. In your grace, hear our prayer with and for our cousins and neighbors in faith traditions not our own, and with and for all people of goodwill, for the works of blessing, courage, and peace in and through us all for the life of the world. In your grace, hear our prayer. For the nations and peoples of the world, for the leaders amongst them, and for the ways of peace amongst us all, in your grace, hear our prayer. For creation, for our earth and air and water, for our companion animals and plants, in your grace, hear our prayer. For those individuals and communities who face particular challenges of mind, body, spirit, in your grace, hear our prayer. For those who have died, for their family and friends, for your will fulfilled in them, and for our sharing with all your saints in the life to come, in your grace, hear our prayer. For the celebrations and joys of our human life, in your grace, hear our prayer. In all these things we pray in trust, as you pray with us in your compassion too deep for words. And continuing in our prayer together, as our Lord Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, 
and the glory forever and ever. Amen. beloved, we pause to say a personal word of welcome to all who are present with us on this Sunday following Christmas, to those who may be listening from afar, particularly those who may have tuned in to our service for the first time this Sunday, the last Sunday of the calendar year 2010. Welcome. We are grateful for your presence and your support, both visible and uh, audible. We are also grateful this year as we come to the conclusion of this calendar year for the generous support of those in our Marsh Chapel chapter, those who are supporting us across our listenership and even around the globe. Your willingness to come alongside us, to support the emerging ministry here at Marsh Chapel, which intends to become, be and become a heart for the heart of the city and a service in the service of the city and to do so by focusing on voice and vocation and volume. We are deeply touched and we are grateful for your support. We draw your attention to the notices printed in the bulletin including that we will be here again. We worship every Sunday, 52 Sundays a year, including next Sunday. Although the offices for the chapel will be closed during this intercession week. We draw your attention to the information available on our website, including the capacity through that website to support, to make donations to the ministry of the chapel. Here at year end, we're grateful for the leadership provided by our lay leaders, by our chapel staff, by our musicians, our director of music, organists and choristers, our ushers and greeters, and all you all who helped to make this a warm and welcoming place to come on Sunday morning. With these thoughts and concerns before us, let us continue to worship together by presenting our tithes and offerings. Thank you. 
near us, Lord Jesus, we ask thee to stay close by us forever and love us, we pray. Bless all the dear children in thy tender care and fit us for heaven to live with thee there. Bless these gifts and the givers we ask in Christ's name. Amen. the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace now and forevermore. Amen. <laughs>